Uh, we're starting a new series today, and uh, I'm calling it Heal Our Land. Heal Our Land doesn't need a lot of explanation. I think we all agree uh, that we could use some healing. Heal Our Land, one of the most popular scriptures in the Old Testament, uh, maybe second to Jeremiah 29 11. I'm going to use today and as our text over the next couple of weeks, and we're going to unpack this scripture literally line by line. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it says, if, that word if is interesting, isn't it? That's conditional. If denotes that it could happen or it could not happen based on what we do. So that's important to know right from the outset. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, then is an interesting word as well, if and then go together. If these things are done, then this whole scripture pivots on what has been done and it says, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Verse 15 says, Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Second Chronicles was written as a book uh, where Solomon, King Solomon, had just built the temple. David had made the plans for the, te- for the temple. Solomon uh, was his successor. His, and as he came in to reign, now he builds the temple. He's now consecrating what has been built. And he is asking for the presence of God to fill the temple. He is asking for God's presence to come and to fill that place, for God to inhabit the place that they have built, for God's ear to be attentive to their cries, and for God to come and to heal their land. Many people would suggest that 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 was written just to the Israelites, God's people, just to the Jews. But I would propose this to you, that under the new covenant and under grace, what has been secluded just for Jews or just for the Israelites have now been released and given to each and every one of us, Jew and Gentile, male and female, all have access to this Christ. So 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, as it depicts this story of Solomon, is also a type and shadow of what God and how God responds to the believer's prayer of faith. Heal our land. Do you ever think about this, why we need healing? Why do, why do you think we need healing? Just think about it. Don't say anything. It's a rhetorical question. It's to ponder. It is to think of, why do we need healing? Why do we need healing? What, what does God need to heal? I would say many of us would probably offer different solutions or different things that need to be healed. But I think we would all agree on this, that we need healing. We need healing. I, I remember years ago, uh, it was uh, April 1st, 2018. Bad day already. It's April Fool's Day. You know when Easter falls on April Fool's Day, it's just about to be a bad day. And and so it's April 1st, we're in the Allen Performing Arts Center. It is our first Sunday with a campus. 
We have never done campuses before. We are launching our Wiley campus. We're excited. We have tested the technology. We have prayed. We have fasted. We're ready. As we're leading up to the week, I should have known that something was about to happen because our car broke down. Our dryer went out. You know what? When all the appliances start going, it's like, oh, 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 what, what, what? It all happens at once. What is about to happen? So we come into church and I'm full of faith. April 1st, April Fool's Day, 2018. And we start the Easter service and I get some of the most, this is the first time I've been able to talk about this. Our staff has PTSD. They're, they're struggling right now, even as we bring it up. We start the service and I get the word, the dreaded news. The stream, the live stream is not working. Probably not as dreaded for me as it was for Pastor Steve, who was there thinking, I, uh, 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 I'm about to preach on Easter Sunday. And I was, I'm yelling at people in love, get the stream up. Luckily, when you're related to one of the media directors, he forgives you quickly. Uh, I said, I don't care what you do, just get it up. It's like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not. And, and, and it, it failed. It was, so I had to go up and preach knowing that our stream had gone out. So I preached Easter Sunday 2018 with a divided mind. One raging in anger, ready to fire everyone that works for us. And one funneling the spirit of God and releasing the word to y'all. I think it worked out all right. The grace of God showed up. We went home. I'm angry. We're grilling. We're trying to release our frustrations. Genesis is on the trampoline, comes down on his arm, splinters it, and breaks it. Let's look at Jamie. Jamie looks at me and we're like, can we just, can we just fast forward past this day? You, you ever felt like that? That's what everyone is saying about this year. Right? It's just, and it, when it rains, it pours. It's been pouring now for six months. I mean, the new, the, it's a joke now. We've been sending news articles to each other. Locusts are invading. There's monkeys in Thailand that are taking over villages. They're, I mean, it is, you, you don't even know what's happening. The, the news is a joke right now. It's like, what bad news is happening now? I would imagine that we would all agree on this is that somehow, someway, we are broken. And where there is a break, we need healing. And I would like to say that Genesis' arm was healed in a moment and my frustration dissipated in a second. But healing came to both parties, but it also took time. See, that's what we have to understand is when the scripture declares that God will heal our land, I think for each of us, we look to an instantaneous moment where God heals us. He unites us. All of a sudden, he brings us together and we all agree the same about the same things. We all grieve about the same things. We all vote on the same things. Thank you, God, for healing our land. But healing is in a moment. Healing actually is a process. It's, 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 it's a process. I want it to be a moment. I want it to be now. I want to go to sleep right now and wake up January 1st, 2021. That's what I would like to do. 
I get up and preach and people have their thoughts and their ideas and their opinions and that's okay. Everyone has their thoughts, ideas, and opinions. But I have thoughts, ideas, and opinions as well. But I like to just give you a little bit of grace for your own journey and your own walk and your own commitment to Jesus and just trust that we're all in process and we love him and we're committed to him and we're going to walk with him and we're going to lay our lives down for him. But I think we all would agree on this is that we need some type of healing. Some type of healing. Your healing's different than my healing, but you need it. My healing's different than yours, but I need it. We all are in a position where we need some type of healing. We have problems. We know we have problems. We're reminded every time we turn on the TV, every time we surf social media, we're reminded over and over again of the problems that we face. We're in trouble. This is in trouble. This is going to happen. We live in fear that is propagated by a culture and by news cycles that know that ratings and know that reviews happen as a result of us being afraid. News, by definition, should be information. It shouldn't pull our emotions or our lives into a place of fear. Do you ever think how many times you've been afraid in 2020? I was thinking about that as I was praying this week. I've been afraid. I've been afraid multiple times. Afraid about this. What if we reopen too soon? What if we reopen and have to close? What if we don't have masks and we make the news for the wrong thing? What if we do have masks and everyone gets mad that we have to have? You got to think about it all. I think people think we just open up the doors and don't think about it. We have to think about all this. Hours and hours of meetings and contemplations and emails and messages that we're trying to, but we're trying to make sure that everybody is okay and everybody can worship the Lord together. We put thought into it and prayer into it and examine it to make sure that we do what is right. But I've been afraid. I'm afraid of things that I see. I'm afraid of things that I hear, but fear is not of God. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. I need a sound mind. I need healing. I need healing in my mind. I need healing in my emotions. I need healing in my heart. I need healing in my spirit. We need healing in our land. It looks different to every person, but we all agree we need it. But this is the good news. God knows what we need more than we know what we need. So if we really trust him, then we can pray this prayer. God, heal our land and trust him with the results because God has never been threatened by opposition. God has never been threatened by trouble. God has never been threatened by plague or by virus. God has never been threatened by econ the economy or the stock market. God has never been threatened by any of it. And if we pray this prayer, God, heal our land, then we can trust that what he does is him. God heal. God heal our land. What would it look like for us to be healed? Just think about it for a second. What would it look like? 
Because I think we all say, I want our land to be healed. What is that? Like, what does that look like? I think it looks like heaven to me. Eternity. And I'll propose this to you. That most of what we want in healing is only going to happen on the other side of eternity. Because Jesus warned us that in this world, we will have trouble. I don't know why we're surprised. Let me just rephrase it. I don't know why I'm surprised. Because Jesus warned us that this life would be of such that we would experience trouble. That we would have difficulty. That there would be trial. When crisis hits, it affects us in all kinds of different ways. It affects our comfort. Anybody's comfort been disrupted in 2020? It affects our peace. Anybody's peace been disrupted in 2020? It really affects our plans. Oh my God. Weddings that have had to been, be postponed, weddings that have been virtual weddings. We, we, we've had graduations that have been drive-bys. We've, we've had, in a good sense of the word, we drive-by parades. Let's just finish the sentence. We, we, we've, we've had to be creative because our, our pace or our plan has been disrupted. It's, it's just the crisis causes disruption, but in a disruption, God is always speaking. And so this is what I'd like to ask of us is what is God saying in the midst of the crisis? Because God oftentimes speaks the loudest in the most difficult of situations. So when the times get difficult, God begins to speak. And if you lean in and begin to hear, while other things are shouting fear, God will begin to release faith. And if we can hear his voice, he'll begin to speak in the midst of a situation. And if you've got a word, you're going to have faith. This is, this is how it works. If God gave you a word right now, that in two months, all of this is going to be gone and you're going to be okay, you'd be all right. You go hold up in the, in the house for two more months, you know it's going to be. But the problem is the unknown. That, that, that we don't know if it's going to be over in two months. First wave, second wave, third wave. New normal. We, we don't know. And that unknown feeds fear. So what we do need to know is the word that comes from heaven that will produce faith in our heart, that even in the midst of what is unknown, I can rest assured in what he told me, in what he told me. This text is crystal clear that there is a problem and God has an answer. And I would say this is that we have a problem, but God has an answer. We, we have a problem, we got a situation, but God is not without an answer. If we want God to heal our land, and this is what we're going to do every week in this series. If we want God to heal our land, we have to reverse, reverse engineer the scripture. Because the result is that God heals. So let's look at what does he say in order, what's the if? What is the if that unlocks healing in our land? It says this in the very beginning. We are his people. Because it says if my, what does it mean to be his people? That sounds good, doesn't it? I'm, I'm God's person. I said, that, that should fill you with some confidence. Man, I, I, I belong to God. 
You, you ever been a part of a team that you're proud of? Man, I, I was on a Little League baseball team that went 0-18 when I was 11 years old. And I still remember it. And I made the all-star team. And uh, I snuck out of church early because Dad didn't let us play sports on Sundays. I snuck out of church early to go, hit the, go to the all-star game for my 0-11 team. And the problem with the all-star game is that you had to wear your jersey you wore your all-star game jersey, but you wore your hat. And I was so embarrassed of my team. I liked the all-star jersey, but I hated my hat. Because everybody knew we went 0-18. And, and I snuck out of church. I played in the game. I struck out three times. I still remember, 11 years old. I'm like, I'm never sneaking out of church again. It's like, man, Dad, you taught me. You taught me, man. I, I've learned my lesson. I will never sneak out of church again. I'm not playing on Sundays. That's it. And, and I just struck out three times. I loved the All-Star jersey. I didn't like the hat that made me a part of something that was losing. When you are called by God, you take on his jersey. See, I don't know why Christians deal so much with insecurity. And fear. I deal with it just like you do. Why do we struggle so much when we are his people? We're God's people. You, you ever watch the NFL draft? If you haven't, I feel bad for you. <laughs> Lord, please give us football this year. We really need it, Lord. It's been a rough year. Just give us some football. Please, let it be the year. Come on, I don't even care. Let the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. Please, Lord, just give us football. I mean, you know, you're watching the draft and they get the phone call. I love watching that. I love it. They've got their families, especially in the later rounds. They're not even in the room. They're at their homes, apartments, houses, and they're huddled around the phone and they're waiting. And all of a sudden the coach calls and, hey, just want you to know. This is no longer Jason Garrett. This is, I just want to let you know, you're going to be a Dallas Cowboy. And man, you can see the whole family goes crazy because now they are a part of a team. A team that they dreamed about. A team that they grew up training for and believing that they could do and accomplish something on that level, and now they have a team. Did you know that when God calls you, it's as if he drafts you? I want you on my team. You are now my people. You are not an American first. You are a citizen of heaven first. You now have been given dual citizenship. My first citizenship is with heaven, and my second citizenship is with the country of my origin. But my first loyalty and my first commitment is to the citizenship of heaven. And with every citizenship comes both roles, rights, and responsibility, both in my country of origin and in the selection process of heaven that says you are now on my team. And when he calls me on his team, I now have a right to be a child of God. I can hold my head up high. 
I can walk with confidence. Everything he said I can have, I can have. Everything he said I can do, I can do. Everything he said I can be, I can be. Because I'm his. I'm his. I have rights. I have roles. I got roles. I've got jobs to do. I have responsibilities to advance this kingdom and to move it forward. I am his people. I'm his person. Before we are anything else, we are God's people. It says, if my people who are called by my name. I remember my senior year of football. And uh, can you tell I'm missing sports? <laughs> when I was in high school, uh, my senior year of football, I had uh, started the year late. Had some things that, 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 uh, with my family and, and started the year late. And so I started as third string running back. And um, if you know me at all, I don't, I don't like sitting the bench. I just, that's not... That's not what I was created to do, you know. And so first couple games, I didn't get like hardly any playing time. And uh, I'm trying to work my way back up the depth chart because I've been out and I missed all two days. I missed all of, uh, all of spring practice. And, and so I'm trying to work my way back up. And uh, it's about the fourth game of the season. And I'm standing there. And uh, it's, it's late in the third quarter. It's a close game. And I hear my coach start yelling, Bates! Bates! Where? And I'm like, you know, here I come, I'm here. I don't even know where I'm going. I'm just running on the field. Like, I'm in. I've been working so hard. I've been so diligent. And he finally called my people is on the team. Called is in the game. In fact, the Hebrew picture with the word called is that you would actually be summoned by name. I'm not just his people. I'm not just a Christian, although that's powerful in and of itself. I am actually called by God. Did you know that this is what unlocks healing in our land is knowing that I'm his and that I'm called by his name, knowing that I identify with him Knowing that he knows my name and he sees me and he sees my path, that revelation is what begins to unlock healing in our land. How could it be that an identity revelation unlocks a healing revolution? It's because when we know that we belong to him and we know that we're called by his name, we now begin to do the thing that we're called to do. God knows who he's calling when he calls. He doesn't say humanity. He says your name. He says Donna. He says Phil. He says Pam. He says Freddie. He says our name. Do you know why Jesus said Lazarus come forth? Because with the power that was in Jesus, if he would have just said come forth... You would have had dead people all over the graveyard coming out of their tomb, so he had to specify, I'm calling Lazarus. You know why God calls you and how he calls you? Not in generalities, anybody that would, anybody that wants to, anybody that's done good, anybody that's been through 1132 U, anybody. No. He calls us by our name. 
your identity is tied to the nation's healing. Your, this land being healed is tied to me understanding who I am and what my purpose is. That my allegiance is to no man. My allegiance is to no other person or no other agenda. My allegiance is to the Lord. My knee bows to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. I throw my crown at his feet. I bend my knee at his feet. It's his agenda. It's his purpose. It's his kingdom that is first and foremost in my life because I'm his people. And I'm his person. He's called me by my name. Did you know that when God sees brokenness, he calls people? That's how God heals the land. God, please change them. When God sees brokenness, he begins to call us. To be the answer to our own prayers. That once we, what we want to see, we have to foster in our own heart. The compassion that we desire, we have to first foster in our own heart. The empathy that we long for, we have to first foster in our own heart. The dedication that we want to see, we have to first foster in our own heart. When, when, when God sees brokenness, he sins or calls People, let me, let, me, let me give you just really quickly, as we begin to close, I'm going to give you the, the most simple points of a message maybe that you've ever heard. But are the hinges on which heal our land swings. That I have to know as a believer that God loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the, you ever heard this song? This is what you learned in Sunday school as a kid. Jesus said, you need to have faith like a child. Sometimes in our world, it's better for us to go back and to believe the elementary truths. Like Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Jesus, do, do you know he loves you? The Bible says perfect love, it casts out all fear. So when I know that I'm loved by him, why would I fear that? If God loves me and I'm his, and I'm called by him, then I don't have to fear you, and you don't have to fear me, and I don't have to fear the world, and the world doesn't have to, because that fear is cast out by the love. The love is the rec recognition of the revelation that God loves me. God so loved the world that he gave. His love was linked with action. He loves us. First John 4 19 says we love because he first loved us. Now this is key because some of us, we think that we've earned God's love. God loved us first. Before you did anything. Before you ever came to church. Before you ever served. Before you ever wore a mask. Before you ever opened a door. God loved you first. Before you turned to him. Before you called on his name, before you stopped sinning, before he, he loved us first. And based on that revelation, not only does he love us, but we've talked about this, now he calls us. He calls us by our name. He knows us. He knows our makeup. He knows who we are. He knows our personality. He knows our Enneagram. He knows our, he, he, he knows it all. And he calls us according to that which we are. 
It is not a generality. It is a specificity. It is to us individually that he calls us. 2 Timothy chapter 1 says he has saved us and he called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time? Wait. I thought it was, you know, I've been serving God for a little while. I've been serving at the church for, no, before the beginning of time, God said, I'm going to extend my grace and I'm going to extend my purpose. I'm going to extend my mercy to you. Did you know that God's calling is based on our response? That if your answer is yes, that is the confirmation to the call? Is that God's calling each and every one of us by our name? But our response is what solidifies the call. It's incomplete with just a sound from God. It is only complete with a response from us. And when there's a sound from God's mouth and a response from our heart, that, friends, is a call. He loves me and he calls me, but he doesn't call me to keep me. He calls me to send me. He, he sends how is God going to heal our land? With us. With us. We are the healing. We are the healing for the world. We, he sends us. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, it says, You, this is Jesus' words, you are the light. Uh, who's the, who is the light? I, I'm the light. You're the light. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bull. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your What do they see? I don't do anything to receive God's love or his call. But do you know how you see that I'm called by him? by how I love you, and by the good things that I do. My good things that I do don't buy me salvation. Because we're not saved under works. We're saved by faith, through grace. But the things that I do show you that the fruit of the Spirit is evident in my life. If you're saved and mean, you got to do something about that. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience, it's kindness, it's gentleness, it's self-control. I like to try to leave that one out. But it's there. Self-control. It says, by your good deeds, they will glorify your Father in heaven. We just read a couple weeks ago that they will know us by our love. Look at this, look at this beautiful combination of love and good. What if the church of Jesus Christ was known for love and for good deeds. Woo! Not backbiting, not division, not slandering, not gossip, but love and good deeds. Do you know what I think about the healing in our land? It's going to take place when there's healing in our church. Healing in our land is going to be dependent on if the church can come together 
Did you know the Bible says a house divided against itself cannot stand? And when we have Christians devouring Christians, I'm telling you, then we are, we are playing into the hands of the enemy. Division is from the devil. Division, division, where there are, where there are two, there is only one vision, there is only one allegiance to one kingdom and one king, and it's not a person. His name is Jesus. It's basic Christianity that God's calling us back to. It's basic Christian doctrine. It's basic faith. God so loved the world that he gave. Why did he give? He gave so that we could be loved, we could be called, and that we can be sent. And let me just tell you this, and this is where we're going to end. Part of God healing our land is God healing our life. Because I, I know what you're thinking is, this is great and we want God to heal our land, but I'm in the midst of some turmoil. I'm in the midst of a storm. I'm in the midst of some stress. I'm in the midst. And, and I'm going to tell you this, the key to healing our land is allowing God to heal your life. But I want to free you up from something. I want to free you up from something because God cares about what you carry. I, 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 got, I, got, I got a bag here. I want, I want to show you this. I want to illustrate this to you because I think sometimes we get this wrong. When we come to God, we come with our collection of experiences, collection of our pain, collection of things that people have done good to us and bad to us. We come with baggage. That's just how it is. When we come to Jesus, we don't come empty-handed, ready to take on the works of the enemy. We come with our bags packed. And I'm here. You come to church with your bags packed. Your preferences, your denomination, how you think church should be or shouldn't be, how you think someone should preach or not preach, how you think someone should dress or not dress, how you think someone should cover their face or not cover their face, how they think someone could, how you should vote, how you should, how you should post, how you should, all of, we, we come with this. I'm not saying what's right or wrong. I'm just saying we all, we all have it. We all come with it. All of us are facing battles. If you look across this place and thousands watching online, if you think about this, everyone's got a battle right now. And it's different for some people lost their jobs. That's their, they're, they're carrying that right now. Some people have loved ones that lost their job and they, they're carrying that. Some people have stress in their family right now. Carrying that. Some people are being attacked by malicious people. They're carrying that right now. Some people are gossiping and slamming. You're carrying that right now. It's, 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 it's a part of you. And for, for some reason, we think that whatever's happening in the world, the way we come to Jesus, we have to do this. And then we worship, go through a worship service, we watch online, and we go back home, and we play the experience through our filter, through our baggage. But I'm going to show you something. This is so cool about God. Pastor John Norman from London came years ago and he preached a message called This Belongs to God. Remember this? He had a stamp. He said everything, that every battle that comes against you, you can just stamp it. This belongs to God. Every bill, you can just stamp it. This belongs, I mean, it, just, it was good. Man, we're just talking about it. We talked about it for years. We're still talking about it. This belongs to God. It's powerful. I, I, I want to propose this to you. I belong to God. So this belongs to God. My battles, my pain, my, I don't have to leave this 
and come to God. I'm called. I'm one of his people. I'm signed up for battle. Here I am, God. And then I go back to my pain and I deal with it on my own and my battle and I deal with it on my own and my brokenness and I deal with it on my own. When you come to Jesus, you come with everything you are. You come with your prejudices. You come with your ideas. You come with your failures. You come with your mistakes. You come with everything you have, your gifts, your talent, everything, your experience. You bring it all. And because I belong to him, when he called me, he got me and every part of me. And he's not threatened by it. He's not discouraged by it. In fact, he doesn't bring back or call back his gifts. He doesn't call back his love. He just says, I called you. And if I belong to him, then this belongs to God. So I can have trust in the midst of a crazy 2020 that if I belong to God, then this belongs to God. If I belong to God, my baggage belongs to God. If I belong to God, my storm belongs to God. If I belong to God, my reputation belongs to God. If I belong to God, every battle that I face, every storm that I walk through, it belongs to him as well I can trust him I can trust him I can trust him now I can trust him Psalm 147.3 says he heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds so what we talked about in the very beginning is that healing is a process you know what I found is that as we come to Jesus and he says, you belong to me and all that belongs to me as well. I'll take your battles. I'll take your drama. I'll take all your baggage. I found that the longer you sit with Jesus, the more he begins to unpack ideologies, the more he begins to pack pain, the more he begins to unpack the past. Can I just tell you for me, the most healing thing in my life is the presence of Jesus. I've been accused, ridiculed, made fun of, talked about, slandered, lied about. But you know what heals my heart? You know what keeps me from being bitter? Keeps me from lashing out? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Not without this, with this. It reminds me of the scripture, cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. I, I don't come without this, I come with this. Jesus, I'm hurt. Jesus, I'm confused. Jesus, what do I do? I don't know where to turn, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm at the end of my rope. I feel desperate. I feel like 2020 is gonna be eternity. I feel like it's never gonna end. I've... He says, come here. Come with all of it. Because when I heal your life, I'm going to help you heal your land. And I believe that's what's happening right now in 2020 at Church 1132 and the global church around the world is that God is summoning us to come to him, to lay down, not, not to leave it outside of his presence, but to lay down everything that we've encountered and the things that we have in our minds and the battles and the fight. And everybody's on edge in our entire world right now. You just say one thing and someone's ready to fight you. It's, 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 we got to just get in the presence of Jesus and bring all of this. He cares about the little things and he cares about the big things. He cares about your little needs and your big needs. He cares about the mistakes you made that were your fault and the things that were done to you that were not your fault. He cares about it all. 
And it would be remiss of me to leave this outside of his presence and to put on a show in his presence like I don't need anything. But the truth of the matter is I'm broken. And I got to bring this with me. And I got to give it to him. And in his presence, he heals. And healing is a process. But when he begins to heal you, he will begin to heal your land. God never gives an exclusive miracle, which I mean is a miracle never stops with us. A miracle that God gives to us keeps on going to others with the same comfort that you have been comforted with. Comfort one another with the same what God has done for me, now I freely give because it was the love of God that he gave to me. Now it's that love that is in my heart and the healing that's in my heart that I now give to others. God, heal our lives so that we can heal 